0: welcome to the Brains Behind Beauty podcast. My name is Jessica Stag, and today on the podcast we have Rebecca Pearson. So Rebecca is um, one of our skin philosophy trainers. She's also a model, a dancer, whatever you want. She's, <laughs> she's everything. Um, so she's got some really interesting stories to tell. Um, every time that me and her meet up, she's always got something some stories to tell us um she's an absolute amazing trainer so she came to us at skin philosophy around was it two years ago yeah i trained in
1: 2019 yeah trained in
0: 2019 but that also just goes to show that you can become a great skin specialist within a short amount of time because she's absolutely brilliant at what she does but anyway i'll leave her to introduce herself so rebecca over to you. Thank you,
1: I'm, I really enjoyed that. Um, yes, I have been modelling since 2001. Actually when it gets to September, because it's just the end of August now, that will be my 20 year anniversary of oh, being wow. in the fashion industry modelling. Um, and I've also done a bit of journalism and as you said, I train here at Skin Philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not a dancer, I'm just a very enthusiastic dance class attender um and
0: it's one of the biggest things in my life i'd say yeah do you do it because you want to go, go anywhere with it or just out of enjoyment hobby or? purely out of
1: enjoyment um, i came to it because i was doing fitness reviews for evening standard online mm. for a little while and um I got sent to review this dance class and I just got completely addicted. And I'd say, I'm sure we'll go into it more, but completely changed the path of my life. It gave me so much more confidence, so much more body awareness and changed the way I model. And yeah, when I say I do it for fun, I do do it for fun. But it's become quite important to me in that I really like to see my
0: progress with it. Um, Yeah, I love the work that you post because you seem to post a lot of progression stuff, I like to see your life progression when you do all your dancing and when you're doing your teaching, you post pictures a lot about all your flowers, when you're doing your modelling it's so nice because there's really good progression that you see through everything that you do Um, so tell us a little bit about how, firstly how you got into the modelling and what made you choose that path? Right, so I got
1: scouted outside Topshop when I was just turned 16. I remember the next day I was starting my AS levels at school. Um, I had been scouted a couple of times before that, but I was just not signed because I wasn't right, which was always quite a hard experience because it was like, you scouted me. Mm-hmm. But I also had quite bad acne. Um, so by the time I got scouted by Premiere, who are actually a really big agency, they um, had Naomi Campbell on their books, models like that, By the time they scouted me, I was quite cool about it. Like They chased me a bit, and I look back on that, I'm quite impressed with myself. But it was just because I was sick of being turned away at such a young age. It was such a harsh experience, but almost a really good learning curve preparing me for the industry, which is just mainly rejection. And so I got signed, carried on doing my A levels, and then I had a gap year, no I had two, where I traveled a little bit more. And yeah, I carried on modeling throughout my 20s, but in my late 20s was definitely when I was starting to really panic about the future. Because your 20s is a difficult time to model. You're not cute and fresh anymore. And you're in this strange in-betweeny phase of your looks and your life. And you're almost quite passive because since a young age, like my first job was modeling, I was just being told where to go and what to do every single day at (laughs) 5pm by my agency and even though that can sound quite exciting it doesn't help me do what I see you do which is say where you want to be in a year's time and work towards those goals and set yourself those kind of targets so I just didn't know what to do with my life, it was a really difficult time in my 20s whereas I think because I developed journalism writing, I started dancing I trained at Skin Philosophy in my early 30s I feel now in my career modeling is such a different experience it's such a great part of my life that I enjoy rather than that
0: I worry about. Mm. Do you feel like obviously you absolutely love what you do now but do you feel like that the experience that you had with modeling in your 20s almost kind of like put you off wanting to go into the big game of it or is it or do you did you want to just keep it as something that you enjoy and then go off and have all your other hobbies and go on your different do you mean the big game of modeling yeah like did it do you feel like that the experience that you had in your 20s almost kind of like put you off having to really because I know that when we have conversations before you say that it can be quite inconsistent in terms of like the jobs how that sometimes you potentially feel if you're not feeling right for it. and um, Like you said, there is many occasions in the modeling industry of like the rejection and um, the um, obviously waiting for jobs to come up. Do you think that that kind of um, put you off? So yeah, do you feel like that that experience stopped you from kind of wanted to go into it as a long term, or was that, or did you choose that route of you decided that you're happy doing what you're doing, but you want to go down the the different routes? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. So I decided to balance out modeling with other jobs because there's been so many changes in the industry as well. You know, since social media's come in, since budgets have gone down, it's just not a viable full-time job for Mm. most models. And there's the other added factor to modelling that you don't know if you can do it forever. Mm. It's obviously a job that is based on looking a certain way. And you do get older models, but very few. And there's not as much work. And honestly, the day I was scouted at 16, people were saying, oh, what are you going to do after? Because it's not forever. So it's almost like it was in my head from the very beginning that this job wasn't forever. And that I would have to do something else. It's just I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I also didn't know how. The idea of jobs outside of modelling were just completely mystifying to me. I was like, I don't understand computers. I don't (laughs) know what it would be like to be in an office. I just, it was a whole other world. And I think because of the passivity that modelling gives you, it gave me a kind of an inertia. Like I, I, I wasn't, brave in pushing myself forward and I feel like my
0: 30s has been like catching up with all of that and doing as much as I can do yeah that's cool um so tell us about the kind of some good and some bad stories about being in the industry so tell us what your highest points are and the best things that you've done but then tell us as well obviously because from a person that looks at things like social media or we're looking through the catalogs um obviously a lot of what I want to try and get my podcast to be about which is why another reason why we want to be interviewing you is obviously the whole perception of what people perceive as beauty and um, so obviously we want to get on the podcast the, all the different skin specialists and business owners models instagrammers all that sort of stuff because people forget what goes on behind the scenes so th- tell us about your highest points and all your great experiences but also tell us what the realistic side of the modelling industry actually is? Yeah, so probably the highest points would be some of the travel I did,
1: especially when I was younger. I went to Cuba, India, the Caribbean. I was always on a plane when I was younger. And I'd say when you do catwalk, even though there's about six hours of prep beforehand for some of these shows where your hair's being pulled around and you're burnt and you're scratched and you are in really uncomfortable high heels, when you get out on the catwalk, it is such a buzz, and you feel like the models that you grew up watching on the catwalk, yes. and then you're like, This is me now, I'm doing this, and you feel like a megastar for those 30 seconds or up and down. Um, and also, modeling throws you in at the deep end. You know, I had to model with a thoroughbred horse, and I had to ride the horse and guide it around, and it was like this huge beast and <laughs> I don't really have much experience with horses and I just did it and it was amazing and that's what I really enjoy it's just you're an expert in that field for the day right off with a aplomb but I would say the negative experiences number one what I told you before the insecurity I'd say most models are really insecure the only reason I am more confident now is because I have philosophy and I have writing and I have dance and other things going on but when you're younger you could just get dropped by your agency tomorrow you could get sent home by the client you get cancelled you sometimes work for a month solid and sometimes you might not work for six months solid and it creates a real air of like not knowing if you're right or wrong and always questioning yourself and I would just say to people who maybe look at pictures of models we often have been airbrushed and the clothes have been pinned. We're in the makeup chair for some jobs for like hours, especially when I was younger and doing the more cool stuff like Vogue. Those jobs are, they, the pictures are very polished and the models don't look like that in the flesh. As <laughs> you know, know, I'm sat in front of you oh, with my I glasses and my dungarees. <laughs> <regardless. laughs> Um so that's always something I really like to get across to people. And then I think just the last thing I would say with modeling that can be really hard is when you're not really treated like fully a person. Mm. Um sometimes you're treated a bit like an object or an afterthought. You're kind of put in a lot of physical discomfort and sometimes you are emotionally uncomfortable on a job and you just kind of have to deal with it. It's almost part of the job i think since instagram's come about people share these stories a lot more but definitely in the beginning of my modeling career those were all just swept under the carpet people didn't speak about it because they didn't want to be a moaner they didn't want to lose work so it's an exciting profession on one hand but on the other hand it can be incredibly insecure and it can make you feel
0: quite small as a person yeah that's really interesting and I think that's a really good point to get out to people, but it's just goes, it's just making it clear to people that we are all human. Nothing's ever perfect or what it seems, but then also, but also you all are studying as well. So it's like one of those things that people feel can be, feel insecure in modeling or, or or like whatever you see out there, but everybody is all beautiful in their own ways as well. Yeah. Um, and just quickly on that point. Yeah. Most models, what I always
1: like to say is we were the people at school who stuck out because we were tall and we looked really Mm. gawky and we were flat chested or, you know, I had acne braces and glasses. We weren't the kind of, often we weren't the kind of cheerleader image that people maybe have of models. And if you see a model in a room, she's probably the one in the baggy t-shirt and jeans and no makeup and like done nothing to her hair because we always have to be a blank canvas. So what you see on Instagram versus what you see
0: behind the scenes is often very different. <laughs> yeah, and that's reassuring. Um, well, not reassuring, but it's nice that like everyone's real. Um, so what then, so that's obviously covering kind of, modeling side what then led you on because obviously you said that you wanted to come into so you've come obviously into our industry um, and you're amazing at it you're like our facial massage queen um but what so you said that you wanted to do it as kind of a different path and but you also said that you then had problems with your skin was it problems with your skin that like led you into coming here or was it did you have a always had a general interest in skin what brang you to then come in and doing training at skin philosophy It was definitely the problems with my skin that led to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had
1: acne, really painful acne, when I was 16, then I had it again at 19, and then again in my early 20s when I was at uni, and it really affected my confidence. And the first time round, Anna Louise, our boss, <laughs> she <laughs> balks at this because I even got to the point where I diluted Dettol. Oh, God. <laughs> <Depends> <laughs> on <skin> Dettol. <laughs> so I didn't have much clue in the beginning. But by the third time I got acne, I'd really looked at lifestyle choices. Like I started having hot water in the morning, I started drinking less alcohol, I looked at my diet, and then I was just open to this whole new world of cosmetics. I really learnt a lot through modelling as well, like makeup artist table would ask them what this was good for and stuff. Um, and then I started my own website in my mid-twenties that was to give advice to models and it also led to a real interest in skincare. Um, I got really into like organic skincare and things that had been made by beekeepers, by the you know, <laughs> really small-scale skincare brands. And through the blogging, lots of press, days and stuff where I learned I learned more about the science of skincare and stuff and it was a bit like what I was saying about the outside world being mystifying it's like the more I learnt, the more I got confused by it and I started to think I would actually like to work in this industry and understand more and then finally I would say that in my early 30s I just thought this is it like I haven't become a, a columnist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't become an award winning journalist. I don't think I'm going to push that. My heart's not in it enough to do another whole freelance insecure job. I'd quite like a vacation. And I actually got a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like an introductory £50 offer. And I think I only did two sessions with mm-hmm. her in the end because I just needed that push. I had talked about maybe training as a facialist for a while. But doing the research felt so scary. And she said, Right, I want you to make me a list of six places that offer courses. And I found the biggest colleges first, and I just assumed I'd go to those. And then I found Skin Philosophy. And there was just something about it being small class sizes, um, being in smaller training day sets that appealed to, you know, if I got a job, then I wasn't committed, I wasn't going to have to miss school and stuff. And so yeah, just on all of these little sort of chances mm-hmm. that all joined up, yeah. I trained at Skin Philosophy and then I remember being there and, and loving learning about facials, loving about the science of the skin, but also really looking at the teaching side of it and thinking that's something I, I assumed like 20 years in the future, maybe yeah. I'll gear myself towards doing that. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the path that led me to here and yeah, that's definitely taught me like looking back over my life I've done all these bits and bobs that I've always thought, oh, why can I never commit to things? Why can I never stick at things? But actually all the dots joined up to where I am now, which is in a place where I
0: feel quite happy. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, When me and you have conversations about your life, it definitely feels kind of you've gone through everything that you need to go through to learn from everything, but you're very good at kind of, in a way, relaxing and like, letting life plan out for you. And it, is, and it always seems to be kind of going... Smooth sail it like in the nice direction, yeah. I think I think that is also modeling because it
1: almost makes the stakes a bit lower. Because mm. I am still working as a model, yeah, I will still get a few shoots this year, and so it, it feels less like I really need to get this job tomorrow or I'm gonna be that you know, all models are worried about
0: being homeless in three months because we <laughs> never know when our last job yeah. is. It goes from a heart really high, and then like the lows could be really low. Yeah, sort of but it has also allowed me to try all these different things. Yeah, that's cool. And tell us your experience as a newbie trainer as well. So, obviously, I remember when I first started teaching, and um, it is crazy how much you're. Um, it's one of those things I think when you first start teaching, you almost need to go through it to learn from it. It's like you're dealing with different people's personalities, you're dealing with having to cover all the Paperwork, making sure that you answer all the questions off guard, knowing everything. Obviously, I started teaching years ago, so I can remember it. But it will be nice as well for people that are listening to this who are in the industry or um, or, or trainers or anything to hear your experience as a teacher and what we have all had to go through.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I have really landed on my feet in that I've trained at Skin Philosophy because. I find the team really supportive. I haven't, even though I've been thrown in at the deep end in some ways, there's just always been so much support and I'm really aware of that. But the first thing I'd say is I don't know if I've ever been so tired in my life than I have been at the end of the first day and then the last day as well. Because you're just constantly putting out fires, answering questions and also my knowledge is constantly put to the test like this is all fresh in my mind but i've also now worked in the industry and developed my own way so i have to bring it back to that kind of training level of this is the way it's done in this order i think it's the biggest buzz to see people on the first day when it's their first day and i mean it's very fresh in my memory from my first day doing my facials I, my dad was my model Aww. and I was so nervous. I was shaped, my whole body was shaking and it's like I couldn't remember anything and I think my first facial took about two hours to do. So I see people and I know exactly how they feel but by the end of the third day, they're walking around the clinic like it's, like <laughs> the it's where they work and they're, they're talking to the clients and they're giving them proper consultations and you can really see their confidence blooming in themselves and I really enjoy seeing people's identities as therapists come out as well. You know, you get some people who are quite scientific and you get some people who are very client care and massage based and just the feeling that I've had a part in developing that is such a huge buzz. I think for me the struggle has been that I am almost like an eternal student, like I'm always in my DMs, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm a little bit scruffy and I know I have to develop my authority with people by, you know, I am their teacher I'm not their friend or I'm not one of them mm-hmm. in that like I'm not a student anymore um, which I feel I'm getting better at, but that was definitely in the beginning, having that authority. And then I think because like I had a difficult time at school, sometimes if students can be a bit cliquey, I have to just be like,
0: that's their day, that's fine, rather than thinking, oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is. It is finding kind of, it's when you first start teaching, it's learning who you are as a trainer, whilst also build, like learning with the students as well. And, um, so yeah no that's really good you are great where do you um are you quite happy just um are you going to be wanting to op- work for open up your own place or anything or just carry on from home like what are you going to be doing do you are you going to be teaching more so where do you kind of see what, like your future with everything? um
1: i'd be really happy if the next couple of years are similar to how they are now yeah so hopefully modeling will continue. I'm at a new agency that are really good and getting plenty of work. Um, and I'm really enjoying teaching and I'm going to be doing more of the microneedling and the radio frequency and the laser teaching, which is quite scary, yeah, but it's... I accept the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I know of Anna Louise. I just go with it and I trust her. Um, and in terms of my own facials, I really love giving quite... I do do electricals so I've got the eye tight mm-hmm. and I've got um things like direct high frequency for for oily skin um so I do like the electricals but I also love just giving facials in my flat and burning my incense mm-hmm. and I put my bolster under their legs I put a weighted blanket on top of them and I really go for it with the massage I always run over time yeah usually we like have a cup of tea and a chat after and I'm really happy with that and I think sort of I'd love to be a teacher until maybe I get older and then I have a house in the country where I grow my own herbs. (laughs) And like I have a kind of retreat sort of vibe. Um, And maybe develop more pressure point acupuncture, develop that with the facials. So it's almost like I need to have lots of different things going on because then I love the scientific side of the science of the skin that we have with skin philosophy. I'll focus Mm. on that and then the modelling and then the writing Mm. so I plan on just kind of I don't want to say trusting the flow because I sound like an Instagram meme but (laughs) I don't I know you and Anna Louise are always talking about five-year plans (laughs) I don't have a five-day
0: plan I'm kind of going with that I think what's really nice um, about you and what I think some of our listeners will really like as well is that Anyone that knows me who follows me on social media and looks like that literally from the time I wake up to the time that I stop, I'm non-stop working or like I'm non-stop doing something and that is my personality and that's who I am and I enjoy that and obviously again Instagram versus reality, I am a very busy person always doing stuff but then at the same time I do believe in balance and like I need to, I do listen to my body and when I need to chill I will. But I think what's really reassuring is that you're, you've are you done amazing and you're going to do amazing. And you don't need to have your five-year plan. You don't need to be working a million miles an hour. Like sometimes probably me and Anne-Louise run ourselves into the ground sometimes when you don't really need to do that. And, and some people don't want to live a life like that. Some people are probably stuck in a little bit of a confusion at the moment with their own lives where... They don't want to be working a million miles an hour, but they can't but sometimes people feel like they kind of have to to be able to get what they want in life. And what you're it seems like that the kind of like the message you're giving off, which is really good, is that you're doing everything that you enjoy, you're living life exactly on your terms, how you want it to be. You're going to be doing very well from that and you're happy and that's the main thing. And I um you and yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good message to like be given across to people.
1: Yeah, because you and Anna-Louise have that personality type and right. I don't have that personality type. And I think there's such a message on Instagram that you have to be hustling yeah. and you have to be productive all the time. But to me, if I have a Monday where I don't particularly have any work, although I do always have marking now, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm happy with... I will take that Monday to do a bit of a flat tidy and garden a bit and maybe go for a walk and have a chill day Mm. and that is really not a crime. That will make me turn up to my shoot the next day with extra energy and with good skin because I've calmed down for the day and eaten good nutrition or it will make me a good teacher because I'm focused when I'm there because I've had that time to chill and You know, not everyone has that privilege, but I feel like I have that privilege of a lifestyle that suits my personality type, and I want to keep that going, because I've stopped beating myself up that I'm not constantly producing or constantly earning money, it's sort of like it all
0: works out in the
1: end. Yeah.
0: And I think that is a really nice thing to have. And you've got that—you've got the personality where it doesn't work out in the end, but you are also aware of everything. You're in control, and and you're enjoying the process. And it, you are amazing at what you do. I've seen you do your modelling. I've seen you do um, and like the shoots that you create. I've seen you be a teacher. I've seen you work with clients. Um, I've seen you dance and everything that you do you're very good at it and you always give you give it 110 percent but your personality and your like happiness and you as a person needs that downtime and that's absolutely okay and um it shows that people can live their life like that as well on like how they choose so just going into kind of more about your kind of personal life So let's talk a little bit because I haven't spoken to anyone about this on our podcast before about that kind of relationships, where you stand with that because you are obviously a very independent person. How old are you now? I'm 36. 36. So tell me, tell me a bit about that. Where are you at with... Well, I'm currently dating someone Um,
1: and I think a lot of people would be wondering what relationships are like with modelling Because I think there are definitely a lot of misconceptions about models. For example, people think we're very arrogant or that we're all glamorous and beautiful or that we're stupid. And I think people instantly assume maybe that people who date models might date models as a kind of trophy or that they might get really, really jealous. And on the whole, that's not something I've really encountered. Um, I say sometimes guys don't necessarily show much interest in it as a job as a profession I think sometimes it's almost a concept to them like oh she's a model but then they don't really know what goes on I think dating a model can actually be a lot harder than people might think people might think it's like going to glamorous parties having a really beautiful girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever but actually as I've said there's a lot of like reassuring your model partner that you know, it's a quiet time at the moment, it's alright, because half the time we're like, I've been on the shoot, it was amazing, look at these pictures, and sometimes it's like I haven't had a casting in a month, I haven't had a shoot for two months. Um, i say something that I really appreciate about the guy I'm dating at the moment is he always asks about the, the job, like how it was in the day, how were the people on the shoot, um, or he's interested in how the pictures will be used, or where they're going to be, and I think it's really a nice feeling as a model when people do show an interest in it beyond what they assume it is. So, you know, is it really glamorous? Do you get to keep the clothes? Um, But yeah, I'm currently dating. I've been pretty much single and having a terrible sort of... Not terrible, (laughs) but like a a lot of little romances that didn't particularly go anywhere for about three years.
0: Yeah. And do you think that that's anything to do with... The lifestyle or do you think it's more like the person that you are have you not been interested in it or have you not been looking like is was there not time in the schedule at the time how come you think that it's been either up and down or all kind of or you get into like this point where you're now dating and
1: yeah and the last few years have been really interesting because they've been some of the best years of my life in that as I said I trained in a new job mm-hmm. I've got consistency with finances this year for the first time in my life ever but it's such a different feeling for me and i think i really developed i had a really rubbish horrible relationship for about a year my friends called him Voldemort <laughs> it was really a relationship i had to build myself back up from and one of the things i did was really develop friendships um i'd been in a 6 year relationship before that and you know sometimes like your first boyfriend you kind of like drop your friends a little bit and so these last few years I've really developed my friendships and a lot of my friends are people who they're like aware of psychology and working on yourself um, and just being there for each other and dance is a really great building community it's really built my confidence so I guess dating has been almost an interesting experience because it's Maybe I've gone for guys I went for in the past, but they don't necessarily align with where I am now. Um, And I also think it's quite hard in your 30s. I think maybe men assume you're, like, desperate to get married and have their children within the second date. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd really just like to have some nice experiences. But I would definitely say, like, now I feel like I'm coming from a much more empowered place, which in some ways is probably better for dating, but in some ways maybe maybe it's intimidating I'm not sure I feel like other people are better at telling me (laughs) maybe you can tell me
0: (laughs) no I think that you sound like that you're at a part now of your life where you kind of in a way don't need anybody like you said you've built up like your career you've had some like crazy learning curves and experiences over the last couple of years you've learned from previous relationships you found who you are as a person so you're almost at that point of your life where if someone is gonna come along then it is to align with you rather than just for say someone being yeah there.
1: because I looked back over the last like a lot of the people I've dated in the last few years and I thought I was stressed for a lot of that. You know it was really fun in the beginning but then there was just this whole like does this person like me and are we dating are we not all that kind of stress and then I just realized my friends don't make me stressed my job doesn't make me stressed in that obviously it's tiring and there's a lot of it but I enjoy it and my family like I've just I just realized right going into dating I need to see people who make me feel better that I that that
0: that is a positive that lift me rather than drain me yeah yeah, definitely. I think that's really important. Even in just today's society in general, is I think people in general, all I hear at the moment is how busy everybody is and how they've always got things that need to be done or how stressed that people are or people's lives are in million miles an hour. When it's, easy, it's definitely easier said than done, but like when it does come to a relationship, I think it's really important that people do build relationships with friends, with family, with partners, where it does work with you and your life and who you are as a person because it could be very, very draining trying to keep on top of everything else um, and trying to, and we're obviously living in a generation as well where people are quite ambitious um, and that they want to do everything, And but you can't do that when you've got, when, you, when you're not happy in your home life behind the scenes and you're not being fed like the, the right kind of vibes that you need from people. That I think that's really good for people who are possibly like single and or obviously looking for relationships. So yeah, I think we've covered most things. We've covered a lot. Yeah, I like I think that. It was, um, I think, for our listeners, it's going to be really interesting to hear from, like, the modeling point of view, coming into Skin Philosophy. I get a lot of tra- um, training messages from people that want to go into the industry that are, um, that they ask, like, is there enough space for newbies and stuff like that? And I'm always saying, like, there's always space for for new new people in the industry. There's always growth. There's always learning. Like, even I'm still learning. You're We're always learning off each other every day. And, um, you can, and look how far you've come and you've only, you started the training in 2019. I think, yeah. And it, and also I love the message that we're giving across to people that you can live life on your terms without, and you can be ambitious and you can do very well without feeling like you need to be pulled into that hustle lifestyle, um, and I think you've given, and that's a really good message that we give to people. Um, before we end today, is there anything that you kind of would like to say? Or um... I'd just like to thank
1: you for having <laughs> me on. You know, I'm a very big fan of your podcast, and thank you for all the lovely things you've said Aww. about my teaching. No and yeah, definitely, you can balance a really strong work ethic with the desire for maybe some calm and some peace in your life
0: yeah definitely i completely agree thank you for rebecca for coming on to the podcast today i hope everybody enjoyed listening um and we shall see you on the next one